Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, what are you doing on March 5th? Because if you're in New York that day, you should come hear us talk about work life with the wonderful Amina Tussauds. Um, we are hosting an event at St. Francis College that is put on by Books or Magic, and it's going to be the best. To buy your tickets, go to workwife.eventbrite.com. Again, that's workwife.eventbrite.com. Maybe buy a ticket for your workwife while you're there. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Avakind. Find out more and sign up for a newsletter at avakind.com. And leave us messages, 833-AVAKIND. Something we are extremely excited about these days is the book we wrote that we've been talking about forever. It's called Work Wife. It's about the power of female friendship to fuel successful businesses, and it comes out on March 5th. You can pre-order it at ofakind.com, your favorite indie bookstore, or wherever else books are sold. Follow it on Instagram and probably some other social media platforms too at WorkWifeHQ. That's where you'll find info on upcoming events. And tune into this podcast where for the months of February and March, we'll be bringing you real talk from some of the workwives who inspire the crap out of us. This week's workwife duo is uh, one that is very close to our hearts, Leah and B. Koch, who are the co-owners of The Ripped Bodice. They are also sisters, and one is a former of a kind intern. Oh my gosh, there's so much <laughs> to do here. The Ripped Bodice is the only exclusively romance bookstore in the United States. They just do so much. I can't wait to get into it. I like when I was reading, rereading press about them, and I just get so verklempt um, <laughs> reading about everything they've done. Um, we're so excited to have you too. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, it's quite an honor as a former intern to be on the on the pod. Can you guys tell us your origin story? I mean, I realize that you that your sister, so that's your true origin story. But give us a little bit of background about the Ripped Bodice. On June 1992, B status was the only girl in our family ended, and therefore the story begins. I mean, it does. It does start from there because we, I was kidding. You no, know, we were always very close growing up. People always ask us that. Were you guys always super close? We've always been super close. I think 
we always wanted to work together. I, I would um, say there was a brief period when we were maybe yeah. 15 and 17 where we hated each other. Listen, other hard ages. That, yeah. 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 Those are <laughs> not other than that. Um, but I think, you know, beyond obviously our childhood, um, when B was in graduate school and I was finishing up my undergrad out here at USC, we were kind of talking about the next phase of our lives um, and bemoaning basically the fact that we didn't want to get real jobs. Um, so we said, you know, is there something, is there some way we could put that off? Um, and is there something we could come up with to do together? Uh, and then there really was this lightning bulb, lightning bolt. See, it was either light bulb or lightning. <laughs> One of the two. I chose both. Yeah. Lightning bulb moments um, of a bookstore devoted to romance. Uh, and from there, we did not look back too, too much <laughs> or at all. Um, it was pretty much full, full steam ahead to a Kickstarter to raise money and then to open. Erica was saying that she gets like emotional hearing, you know, reading your stories. And the thing that really gets me like kind of choked up is remembering when B interned for us and the way that she would talk about Leah, not just as like a sister that she felt close to, but really admired you, Leah, and told us about how entrepreneurial you were. Like we knew about your cupcake business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very proud of her cupcake truck. And it wasn't That's like in nice. a patronizing way of like, oh, my little sister does these side projects. It was like my it little was sister's like, can you a believe, badass. Like how much she's done already. Well, and I think at some point there was like some sort of like clothes making and like or like knitting or sewing or something and the ad wilted for a while yes. Yes. very multi-talented and that just the admiration and the pride with which B talked about it and was so wonderful but now seeing that like that that coalesced into this wonderful partnership is is very touching hugely our dad is gonna listen to this and cry <laughs> i hope so i that's our that goal was something instilled in us by our parents primarily through the fact that we, we were extremely overscheduled children and it was required that you go to all of your siblings you know, sort of performances Things, yeah. or sports games or awards banquets or whatever. So like our brother sat through, you know, 1400 cello recitals and we <laughs> went to a lot of baseball games, which at the time was fairly annoying, but I think instills in you a respect for your family members accomplishments. Absolutely. That's a really nice sentiment. It made me it made me revisit my feelings about all of the baseball games I attended in the Midwest for in your, the 90s. For your brother, yeah, who I is mean, now an all-star baseball They were like somewhat game. painful at the time, but it is 100 percent. A good parenting technique. No, it's true. It's really true. Um, OK, so can you tell us why a romance novel bookstore? Yeah. Um, well, when I was in graduate school at NYU, I was I was supposed to be studying fashion history um, which you did, which I did. I was just reading a lot of romance novels and then really decided to meld the two worlds and write about the fashion in romance novels. So I was writing my thesis. It was titled Mending the Ripped Bodice. And it was really about how much historical detail there is in, in romance and and how romance is so undervalued. And Lee and I would talk about that a lot. And she's right. There was this moment where we were talking. I, I had come to visit her. We were talking about what we wanted to do. 
and we were like, oh, we love romance novels. We should sell, you know, we should have a business together. We should sell romance novels. Does anyone else do that? And then it was just, there's no other store dedicated to the genre, despite the fact that it's the best-selling genre by an enormous factor. It's literally a billion-dollar industry. And when we say that statistic to people, they kind of like, they don't believe us. <laughs> they just put out the, uh, today, they just put out the 10 best-selling authors of 2018, highest paid, sorry, mm -hmm. not best-selling, highest paid, yeah. made the most money. Um, and two of them are Danielle Steele and Nora Roberts. Still I mean, continue. I'm not surprised they, at epic. all. Epic. They each made $10 million this year. Good for um, them. So there's a segment of that. But yeah, I think it, it, we've always loved bookstores and... I, I think in, we enjoy unique things um, and you know, specialties. Right. We, we love any kind of specialty store in our own purse. Like Leah's favorite restaurant in New York is Rice to Riches. Yeah, right? 100%. <laughs> no, 100%. Yes, it is. Because I just like the idea that you you're going to do one thing and you're going to do it really, really well. You're going to nail it. I have to say that every time I walk by Rice to Riches, I cannot believe that thing has been in business as I long as it has. I love Rice to Riches. I love it too. I, I love it too. Like $20 for a cup of Rice. Yeah, it's actually it. not a deal. I think that's part of their trick. <laughs> that's how it, how that's how they're getting to Riches. Use, there are so many other specialty bookstores yes. for other genres, mm -hmm. um, like especially comic books. Right. Um, got yeah, it. which is why I think when people are like a romance bookstore, it's like, yeah, but just there's a comic book store in like every town. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's for men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not really. You know what I mean? Yeah, men can appreciate that. There's cookbook bookstores. Yeah. There's sci-fi bookstores. There's all kinds of genre bookstores. Yeah. But so, the, but the one genre that women read and that has like let's no beating around the bush that has sex in it mm -hmm. and has sexy covers. It's em it's embarrassing for some people because of the shame associated with the genre over the years. And we are doing our best to break that down. When you guys decided to go into business together, did you talk at all about what your partnership was going to look like? Did you write a partnership agreement? Oh my God, no. Um, <laughs> the answer to the second question is no. Um, the answer to the first question, I don't know. I just think we're, we're probably very different than business partners who are not related to yeah. each other because there's there's no out mm -hmm. you know yeah it's not there's no end to this partnership yeah <laughs> um it's like you know for also uh we live together oh yeah oh so, my goodness wait, i don't think no i realized idea. that yeah yeah, yeah, we live together. So, like, we if we fight at the business, and then we're like, goodbye, see you at home. Do <laughs> like, you do you try um, to create any separation? Do you are there like times where you don't talk about the business or only talk about oh, the business? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think when we tell people they live we live together, they're like have the same reaction you do, and yeah. they're like, what are you doing with your lives? I think we probably spend less time together yeah. than people think. Yeah. Because, you know, when we're home, we're each like doing our own thing. And, you know, someone's reading in the living room and bees off with her dog. Yeah. I mean, we chose this. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't have to live together. Yeah. They, yeah. We moved. We just moved. It would have been very easy for us to end this particular part of our relationship and, you know, say it's not working or whatever. Yeah. But I do think it works. Yeah, I mean, we don't talk about no. the business too much at home. Um, I mean, you know, there's 
some unavoidable stuff. Um, and there's plenty of nights where one of us will start talking about it and the other one will say, can we not, can talk, we not about talk about work right now? Let's yeah. talk about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had to make a very conscientious decision of what we share on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes we're doing things just for ourselves. Right. Right. And, and, and your, your relationship is a big part of your brand. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, and we talk about that a lot right now, especially as we've moved into the TV partnership part of our, our new business world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been a different thing. Can you tell, um, can you share a little bit about what, what that, what you mean by the TV part of your business? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, as a partnership and as owners of the Rip Bodice have a development deal with Sony Pictures Television, um, which is a, for for those of you who don't know, um, <laughs> is, is not a studio, um, but is essentially um, I, what I guess I would call the independent. largest independent uh, maker of entertainment content. <laughs> so um, we're learning all these funny buzzwords. And they happen to be right down the street from us. Um, and essentially what all that jargon means is that we identify romance books and series that we want to turn into television shows. And they give us money to buy those books. And then we um, do, quote unquote, pro- producerial things. <laughs> I love it um, so much. So this, yeah. You're moguls. Yeah, well, Your Hollywood yeah, moguls very, is yeah, the shortest way of saying yeah, it. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was this, it's really exciting. It's really new. Um, it was official in uh, right at the very end of August. Um, and it's it's very exciting new territory for us. Um, and yes, it, it allows us to continue on our path to world domination in which I said that once in an article kind of as a joke and now it's been printed in several other articles. (laughs) Thanks so much to Hungry Root for sponsoring today's episode. Hungry Root is a way to stock your fridge with healthy foods that come together in minutes. Um, Two days ago, I've been having a lot of lock drama. Getting into my like door lock drama. Door lock. Yes, getting into my house. Sure. I don't. I can't. It'll. It'll take it's, so long yeah. to explain it. But basically, it took me so long to get into my house the other day. I had to call Chris, who was like, "Well, I'm not going to be home for hours, basically, because we also had some box drama." Um, and so I finally get in the house. He's. It's. We're both exhausted. I text him. I'm like, "Do you want me to start cooking dinner?" And he said, sure, but I never saw it. And so <laughs> he finally gets home later and has all of these chores ahead of him because of all these boxes in our house because the baby stuff. And I, he was like, what are you making? And I was like, oh, I totally thought you never responded to me. But I had the avocado bean Southwestern salad from Hungry Root in my fridge. And I was like, oh. everything you needed to make that thing. It took me two seconds. I had dinner ready for him before he was done breaking down all of these insane boxes. I made that salad the other night, too. It takes three minutes. And the nice thing with all these things is you can spice them up however you want. Like I, I added, added cheese. Exactly. I added rice vinegar to the dressing because, you know, mm, I love rice vinegar yes. on pretty much everything. Um, we both had the crunchy walnut date muesli this week and like spiced so it up in our own ways, too. And that thing took exactly a minute and just felt so much better than anything I was going to grab on the way to work. One of my favorite things that I had this week is the kohlrabi peanut takeout noodles. Yeah. Um, so, so, so good. So basically you have this lemongrass tofu and then you mix it into this peanut sauce and you like a peanut sauce on anything. So good. Um, so good. And you put it over kohlrabi noodles. 
which are like the veggie spiralized yes. noodle yeah. situations. Um, and it legit, the instructions say that it takes seven or so minutes. Mm-hmm. And it legit does. Like, it's not one of those things where like it says seven minutes, but really it's 25, right. um, which makes Did a Did you put difference. it all in a pan? I put the the tofu in the pan and then, mm-hmm. yeah, then tossed then tossed it with the, the other stuff. Um, I had the crunchy walnut date muesli, which was also delicious. And I had that too after a workout class this week. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I actually poured some milk into it before. I poured some like uh, almond milk in it before I went to workout class. And then when I came back, I finished it. Oh, smart. So it was like soaking, but not overnight. I just brought my yogurt with it. Also because, smart. And, I, and I've been very desperate lately for like grab and go breakfast. So I was very happy to have it. Great answer to the question. To get on all this greatness, go to hungryroot.com slash a few things for $25 off two deliveries. Again, that's $25 off two deliveries when you visit hungryroot.com slash a few things. With things like this Sony partnership and the diversity report that you put out annually, which is which I want you guys to explain too, because you'll do such a better job than me. How do you decide what the next direction is for your business? How do you two sit down and come to those decisions together? Well, I'll answer the first question, yeah. which is what is the diversity report? Thank you. Um, it is. Uh, I'm going to try to make this sound interesting without. It's um, so interesting. Come on. It is very interesting. It's- it is a it is a data report about um, the number of authors of color that are being published every year by major romance publishing houses. Um, and and I think the answer to the second question of how we choose where our business goes, both the diversity report and the Sony deal came out of a need we saw. Yeah. We opened the bookstore and almost immediately it was clear that there was a missing market in the traditionally published romance world. Now, we're not talking about independently published, which is a whole other world in romance. That means people are producing their own content. They are not going Mm -hmm. through gatekeepers. And there's tons of amazing women of color in that space. So we don't want to discount their work, but we did want to count how many the tradition, how many books by women of color the traditional big five and then expanded a little bit. Now we have like 20 some publishers. It's 20. Yeah. But, but what B is talking about is we saw a problem with our industry and then spent, I don't know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months figuring out what we specifically could do. Yeah. Um, Because there's plenty of people doing work to try to improve diversity and romance Um, What we decided we could offer was this data-driven report, um, which we hope has been valuable and which we think we pair with our best-selling numbers. So it's saying, here's the number of books that are coming out by women of color. Here's the number of books we're selling in our top 10 of um, last year. It was six out of 10 this year. I thought it was seven. Seven out of 10. I can't remember. It's a really high percentage and it doesn't reflect than the, the very output. small number that they're publishing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so we just knew there was a hole. Similarly, we have all this amazing IP that stands for intellectual, intellectual property <laughs> um, in the romance world that Hollywood is just ignoring. It's crazy. It's really bananas when you think about it because Hallmark, Lifetime, all these places that are putting out content for women are, are not adapting the written content that's already there for women. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so how did just, so what did you do? You were like, well, we should talk to somebody and figure this out. What did you do from there? Yeah. Yeah. I basically, mean, we're, we're in Hollywood. Like it's yeah, it was kind of like 
A, people came to us. People just walked in the store and said, hi, I am so-and-so producer. I want to talk to you about, and we just knew that. Right. So, and as everything goes in Hollywood, we talked to one person who talks to another person right. who's like, oh, you should meet this person. Yeah. And eventually we met the right person at Sony. Yeah. Um, Cause we had a lot of meetings. This didn't come out of nowhere. Like we yeah. were actively pursuing right, right, right. Um, this kind of deal. And I think, in answer to the original question, it's, I think it's a combination of, we try to let things develop pretty organically. Um, I would say every couple of months, and it usually happens when we're on a road trip somewhere, um, like basically anytime we go on vacation, when we're supposed to be on vacation, that's when we really try to do big picture type thinking. Um, What do we want to do in the next six months? What do we want to do in the next year? What are projects that we originally said were too big when we first opened that now we might be able to handle. So we, we kind of have these like bigger brainstorming sessions. um, And then we go off and try to think about what's feasible. Um, And so I would say, there is a plan, but we also, <laughs> uh, you know, there is a five-year plan, but there is also a lot of flex, a lot of room to let things develop organically. I, I think the original five-year plan is on about draft twenty-seven right now. Hmm. Um, you guys mentioned going on vacation together, and I know you're you you have a brother, and um, you know other people in your family orbit. How do they deal with? with this partnership or do they ever have to tell you to stop talking about work when you guys are on the beach no they want to talk to us more yeah <laughs> we have to tell them to leave us we're like we don't want to talk about it right now yeah that's an interesting question they always have ideas i would say our, our family is just so entrepreneurial like our brother is has is he's so smart he just has such an interesting way of thinking about our business and i love to hear his ideas yeah they're actually really good people to bounce ideas off. The rest of our family is our brother, his wife, uh, our brother Jacob, his wife Olivia, and our dad. Um, so it's the Your sister-in-law, Olivia, has been on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yes, I forgot <laughs> about Writer that. and director yeah. of Netflix's Dude and another movie you might have heard of, Ocean's 11? Eight. Eight. Yes, as B says, sometimes we're like, you all need to leave us alone, but also, like, I, occasionally our brother and our dad have very <laughs> grandiose ideas, and we're like, I don't think you understand how the bookstore world works. <laughs> you know, they would say something like, oh, like, you should just get James Patterson yeah. for an event. Right. And we're like, oh, okay, sure, we'll just write him a letter. <laughs> they just, um, they have very high opinions of us. It's very sweet. But but I also think our family is so involved in the business. They come and help us out with events, like, somewhat re- semi-regularly. Yeah, at least the, a couple times a year. The LA Times Festival of Books, which is one of our favorite events of the year, is just a massive undertaking. And our family comes out, and we all man the booth together. And I love hearing our dad talk to yeah it's hilarious also like i told him because he was just here for thanksgiving he is a very aggressive salesperson and i was like dad this is not how we do things and you cannot bully our customers into spending money amazing basically anytime someone picks up anything he's like you gonna buy that you gonna buy that Wow. Leave our customers alone. Yeah. He's very funny. Can you tell us how you divide up your roles? Yes. Yeah. I would say 
go ahead. I would say it changed recently because I had to take a little sabbatical. That's from the true. Store. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was. Why? Tell us more. Tell us why. I was working on a book. Oh, well. Wow. Yes, I've been researching and writing. And so this summer, I, I actually left L.A. for the first time. I was gone for three months. I was uh-huh. in New York researching. Then I was in Park City, very luckily staying at our dad's house, like alone in the woods writing, <laughs> um, which was a really interesting exper- experiment. <laughs> yeah, I went to visit her and I showed up and she was like, human Hello. <laughs> um, but i got real close. i think yeah i think it's changed a lot i think when we first opened basically we both did every single thing like yeah. we we really wanted Always. to make sure that like both of us were doing everything and everything every email we both signed off on right it. and it was just it and was i was like this is unnecessary, unnecessary. yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's good, not it's not necessary, but I think Eric and I had a similar experience. And one of the ways in which it's really strengthened our partnership eight years later is that we have complete trust and sort of intimacy with each other's roles in a way that really, like, I think makes us feel very empowered and collaborative. Yeah. Like, we taught the example we often yeah. give is that I'm not involved in photo shoots at all anymore, mm-hmm. but I was involved with them in the beginning. And I, I have a lot of, I have a strong sense of how they're put together, how they're structured. And, you know, if, if I had any issues with anything, I would at least have context mm-hmm. and have been there in the beginning to sort of shape some of those things that are in place. Exactly. So even if you try to eat really, really healthy and be on top of all your fruits and vegetables and all that goodness, um, like we like we do over here, I mean, when we're not, you know, eating the fancy snacks, which we tell ourselves are healthy, for me, 2019 feels like a good opportunity to finally start a vitamin and supplement habit that I can feel good about. But it's always so daunting. There's so much stuff out there. And I, I don't know if I should be taking vitamin vitamin B or um, iron or like, who who knows? Who even knows? Um, But hey, we have the answer. It is Ritual, which is the obsessively researched multivitamin for women. Ritual's essentials have the ingredients most of us don't get enough of from our diets, all in their purest, cleanest forms. No shady additives or ingredients that actually do more harm to your body than good. So that's really something. For obsessive label readers, all of Ritual's ingredients are vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. And their sources are 100% out there for the world to see right on their website, so you can do a deeper dive if that's something you're down to do. You just pop these two easy-to-take capsules, which provide nine nutrients you need to build a stronger foundation for better health. And Ritual's delivered. A subscription is super easy to start, and you can snooze it. Plus, the pills are so cute, which I don't know if, you know, that's how we should be sourcing these things. Uh, but it's certainly an added bonus. Um, it's only $1 a day to have all of the essential nutrients delivered um, that your body needs. Better health doesn't happen overnight. Start your year or your February, your March, or your April with Rituals Essentials for Women, a small step that helps create a healthy foundation for 2019 and beyond. Also, there's Ritual's Essential Prenatal for anybody out there thinking about trying or currently expecting. It's conceived to deliver the essential nutrients from DHA to folate that a woman needs at every stage. Visit ritual.com slash a few things to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash a few things. Again, ritual.com slash a few things. Yeah, I think that's perfect because, you you know, you learn how things work. Mm-hmm. I think our example, our, one of our big examples is email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we've like gone back and forth on who answers emails and do we both answer emails? And the other day I was looking for something in our email and I came across an email Leah had sent 
and I read it and I was like, like, holy shit. Like our voice has just become, Oh like, yeah. That's just exactly like exactly how I would have responded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh yes. And, and then there was another part where I was like, yeah, Leah, like you even said it better than I could have, which is like another fun part of mm-hmm. being business partners where you like see someone step up in a, in a way maybe you're not as good at. Yeah. I think these days, um, I, this is Leah. Um, I do, um, more of the day to day, um, running of things, ordering, I just do all the inventory ordering, um, and handle shipping and everything. Um, and then B does a lot more of our special events, um, social media. And she does a lot of our social media because I get very, tired of it (laughs) and also she takes all of our instagram photos because i take one photo i'm like it's fine and she's like no it's not and then she takes a hundred more and it's like now it's fine (laughs) i love when leah hands me her phone to filter a photo i'll be so upset if she posts because i don't care and she's better at it so i'm like here you do the filter and every time i hand it back to her i'm like can't you just see you need to take the yellow and she's like i don't care (laughs) you don't need to yeah, so she B does most of our social media, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and uh, I don't know, there's some other random stuff, but um, and I think that'll transition again. You know, now I'm I've sold the book, so now I'm gonna go back to working on it mm-hmm. more. It, it, it's shifting again, and the Sony stuff has yeah, taken and us both out of the store more than right. It's like a lot of the more day-to-day operations now almost three years in are handled by our employees. Yep. We have two employees now. Yeah. Um so uh we don't have to, you know, deal with that as much. Um so now it's almost like kind of like we're back to square one with the Sony stuff because we neither of us knows what we're doing. Right. So we're just like, okay, now we again now we both need to be here for all these meetings where we're yeah. like a bunch of people say a bunch of words that theoretically mean things, but like when they come out in that order, you're like, are you speaking English? Sure. I get it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think it changes a lot. Um, flexibility is key. Um, and it, I mean, it changes week to week and yeah. we try to check in with each other a lot, uh, about, you know, how yes i wouldn't recommend doing this unless you're both in therapy (laughs) oh my god yeah do you guys go to therapy together no No. okay we don't we've talked about it though and i think we would we would never say no like we would certainly consider it yeah Yeah. but we both love our therapists and really and like talk about our therapies together quite a bit yeah it's just if you can't communicate with another person uh, on that level like everyone thinks they can communicate but nobody can trust me um well, it, it's tough stuff it's like because you're prioritizing all kind you're you're having to say like you're prioritizing the business right now but i need to prioritize something else right, right. It's, it's just really deep negotiation i mean yeah. what did that and, sound like when when b said i'm gonna write a book so i'm gonna kind of like step away from the business for a bit or you know not be as close to it at least yeah i, well, I mean it wasn't easy it sounded a lot like that. Um, <laughs> well, no, I'm, well it, first of all, it didn't come out of nowhere. You know, it's, it's, we've been talking about it for years. She's been talking about it for years. It's always something she wanted to do. And it's not like I didn't know she was, you know, trying to do this. And so, but I think at every step there was a conversation, you know, how will this affect 
you? How will this affect the business? Like, what change will we make at this stage? Like, um, and just pragmatically, like, how, you know, how do you compensate for someone's time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in physical way? You know, being yeah. in the store, that's yeah. one thing, like hiring someone. To, but how do you compensate for someone's like emotional energy that I'm now putting towards the book? Right. And that's just been something we've really had to negotiate. The other thing is that the book grew out of the bookstore, like that the book is intimately involved in the bookstore. Right, so right, right. They're not separate worlds. Yeah. No. Right. And Leah is, I mean, God bless her. Leah is my sounding board for the book too. Mm -hmm. So she's my best editor. And, and so she reads everything I write for that as well and gives feedback on all of that. Right. But I, I think, and at the book will, it's just another yeah. feather in our cap, even though I'm not writing it. Um, but it's, you know, we're certainly aware of that. And you have to make sort of cost benefit analysis, analyses um, of how, you know, her not being around for this amount of time will pay off later yeah. when... Uh, the book comes out and we sell the book and make money on the book um, and can do all these, you know, amazing promotions through the store um, because not that many who people who write books own bookstores unless you're Ann Patchett. Yeah, right. well, I am. Good I think company. we are looking to other, I, and Emma, we look to. Emma, oh, yeah, and Emma, Emma Strauss. What are the disagreements that you two have or the things that you need to workshop all the time? Um... I mean, it's not, it's honestly not a ton of stuff and like people are always looking for it to be more. I can think of one area. Oh yes, go ahead. And it's that it's what it is when we're brainstorming and I frequently have these like grandiose ideas. And then Leah's like, yeah, but you're going to go write a book mm -hmm. and yeah. who is going to see through this idea. And that is something I've really tried to keep in mind yep. now as as we move into this next phase of Sony stuff, figuring out, you know, our division of time and B's insistence that inter Instagram filters are <laughs> different and my insistence that they all look the same. <laughs> yeah. I would say like, we talk a lot about emotional labor and mm -hmm. how much someone cares about something mm -hmm. and, and balancing that. So if Leah indicates to me that something is really important, then I will care more. Yeah. Right. And if, and we've just done a better job of saying this isn't that important. We can move on. Now, we are somewhat obsessive by nature. So yes. we, uh, Leah got a bathtub on Craigslist and we got, and we got the bathtub into the house and we were like, oh my gosh, we have the best idea ever. We're going to film a holiday, like greeting in the bathtub. This is B's idea, and by then, the way. And then two hours later, we were like, what are we doing? <laughs> After we were then like in the outfits we and like, we changed all set, set dressed our house. All of the animals were dressed up and we we're like, this doesn't matter. <laughs> Why are we doing the this? results of this video on our Instagram. <laughs> really not that great, but it, so we just, we're working always. To, right. Oh, yeah. Take uh, stuff back for ourselves. <laughs> you guys, this um, we are so proud to know you and and to watch this this business flourish. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Love this so oh much. Thank you for having yeah. us. I mean, it's really a cool because I feel like I learned so much about being a partnership from watching you guys, especially the part about 
taking care of yourself and taking care of your partner. And I think that's helped us so much. So that is so so touching. Thanks. That's the show. If you liked this episode, you will love our book, Work Wife, out March 5th. It can be purchased on ofakind.com, your friendly local bookstore, anywhere else books are sold. Also, write us a Goodreads review. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Follow us at of a kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on the podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints, and we are recording at Alex's house. Do you know how we've been asking everybody to call and leave us messages at 833-OF-A-KIND? Well, people have been doing it. You guys have been leaving amazing messages and we wanted to start playing some of them at the end of the show. So here goes. And please leave us more messages. We love them. Oh, hi. Uh, My name is Carrie. I'm just listening to your episode and your conundrum about hot yoga. And I have to say that I am in a car right now driving to hot yoga um, in my workout clothes. And I have to tell you that it is actually also a conundrum for those of us that have cars. Um, I'm in a suburban area, but especially in the colder um, times of year, I have a very hard time because once I sweat on something, I feel like it needs to be washed. I get very grossed out about it. So I have my, you know, I wear my workout clothes to class and then, but you need certain layers. And I also hate it when like the, your neck is sweating and you're getting that onto your shouldn't necessarily be washed as much. So I have a certain system of, I have a jacket that I may wear in that I will not wear out. So I have a long sleeve t-shirt normally that I will wear over my workout clothes that will get washed afterwards because I will put it on as my, as my layer to walk outside to my car, which is luckily, you know, in the parking lot because it's in a suburban area. But even for those of us that have, um, you know, a car and only, you know, 90 feet distances to walk, it's still a conundrum of what to do. And I will say, if you want to tell people, um, in the summer, I spray, I always spray my mat down with my own, you know, tinctures of um, different essential oils um, and air dry it. But in the summer, when it's warm enough to take your shirt off, I take my shirt off and wrap it up into my yoga mat as I go. So that way there's one last thing to carry and I kind of dry off as I'm going.